Hello, everyone. Welcome to our first Camrose Public Library book tasting. I'm Tristan. And I'm Georgia. Now, Tristan, what is a book tasting? That's a good question, Georgia. Finding the right book can be extremely challenging, especially for specific age groups within certain genres. Our book tastings will provide some great suggestions for teens and adults within a given genre to help you find your next great read. Now, which age group and genre will we be focusing on today, Georgia? Today we're going to be exploring the fantasy and science fiction genre for adults. Science fiction focuses primarily on technology and is generally set in the future, whereas fantasy is taken more from myths and folklore, but they have a lot of crossover, which is why they're often grouped together. It's going to be a blast. Shall we get started? Our first book on our recommendation list is Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Muir. Here's a bit of the blurb. The Emperor needs necromancers. The Ninth Necromancer needs a swordswoman. Gideon has a sword, some dirty magazines, and no more time for undead bull. Brought up by unfriendly, ossifying nuns, ancient retainers, and countless skeletons, Gideon is ready to abandon a life of servitude and an afterlife as an reanimated corpse. She packs up her sword, her shoes, and her, her dirty magazines, and prepares to launch her daring escape. But her childhood nemesis won't let her free without a service. Herohark Nonagesimus, reverend daughter of the Ninth House and bone witch extraordinaire, has been summoned into action. The emperor has invited the heirs of each of his loyal houses to a deadly trial of wits and skill. If Harrowhark succeeds, she will become an immortal, all-powerful servant of the resurrection, but no necromancer can ascend without their cavalier. Without Gideon's sword, Harrow will fail, and the Ninth House will die. Of course, some things are better left dead. So if you are a lover of high fantasy books with really intricate plots and exploration and super cool magic systems, this is going to be a pretty cool book for you. It is definitely more on the high fantasy end, so if that's not your thing, it might not be the book for you, but it has some great plot lines and stories and characters. If you liked books like The Spectral City by Leanna Renee Eber and Ninth House by Leigh Bardugo, this might be a book you'd enjoy. Okay, and our next book, The Poppy War by R.F. Kuang. A brilliantly imaginative talent makes her exciting debut with this epic historical military fantasy, inspired by the bloody history of China's 20th century and filled with treachery and magic. In the tradition of Ken Liu's Grace of Kings and N.K. Jemisin's Inheritance Trilogy, when Rin aced the Keiju, the empire-wide test to find the most talented youth to learn at the academies. It was a shock to everyone, to the test officials who couldn't believe a war orphan from Rooster Province could pass without cheating, to Rin's guardians who believed they'd finally be able to marry her off and further their criminal enterprise, and to Rin herself, 
who realized she was finally free of the servitude and despair that had made up her daily existence, that she got into Sinegard, the most elite military school in Nikon, was even more surprising. But surprises aren't always good. Because being dark-skinned peasant girl from the south is not an easy thing at Sinegard. Targeted from the outset by rival classmates for her color, poverty, and gender, Rin discovers she possesses a lethal, unearthly power, an aptitude for the nearly mythical art of shamanism. Exploring the depths of her gift with the help of seemingly insane teacher and psychoactive substances, Rin learns that gods long thought to be dead are very much alive, and that mastering control over those powers could mean more than just surviving school. For while the Nakara Empire is at peace, the Federation of Mugen still lurks across a narrow sea. The militarily advanced Federation occupied Nikon for decades after the First Poppy War, and only barely lost the continent in the Second. And while most of the people are complacent to go about their lives, a few are aware that a Third Poppy War is just a spark away. Rin's shamanic powers may be the only way to save her people, but as she finds out more about the god that has chosen her, the vengeful phoenix, she fears that winning the war may cost her her humanity, and that it may already be too late. This is recommended for people who love political and military fantasy. And if you loved the following books, This Savage Song by V.E. Schwab, and The Young Elites, Mary Lou, and Vicious, also by V.E. Schwab, you may just love this read. Also by V.E. Schwab is our next book on the list, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, France, 1714. In a moment of desperation, a young woman makes a Faustian bargain to live forever and is cursed to be forgotten by everyone she meets. Thus begins the extraordinary life of Addie LaRue and a dazzling adventure that will play out across centuries and continents, across history and art, as a young woman learns how far she will go to leave her mark on the world. But everything changes when, after nearly 300 years, Addie stumbles across a young man in a hidden bookstore, and he remembers her name. If you're a fan of books about immortality and the idea of living multiple lives over and over, this might be a book for you. If you liked books like The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid, or Before the Coffee Gets Cold by Toshikazu Kawaguchi, this might be the book for you. All right, now our next book, The Ocean at the End of the Lane by Neil Gaiman. This is a really popular one, but if you haven't read it, here's a little blurb. Sussex, England. A middle-aged man returns to his childhood, home to attend a funeral. Although the house he lived in is long gone, he is drawn to the farm at the end of the road, where when he was seven he encountered a most remarkable girl, Letty Hemstock, and her mother and grandmother. He hasn't thought of Letty in decades, and yet as he sits by the pond, a pond that she'd claimed was an ocean, behind her ramshackle old farmhouse, the unremembered past comes flooding back. And it is a past too strange, too frightening, too dangerous to have happened to anyone, let alone a small boy. Forty years earlier, a man committed suicide in a stolen car at this farm at the end of the road. Like a fuse on a firework, his death lit a touch paper and resonated in unimaginable ways. The darkness was unleashed, 
something scary and thoroughly incomprehensible to a little boy. And Letty, magical, comforting, wise beyond her years, promised to protect him no matter what. A groundbreaking work from a master, The Ocean at the End of the Lane is told with a rare understanding of all that makes us human and shows the power of stories to reveal and shelter us from the darkness inside and out. It is a stirring, terrifying, and elegic fable, as delicate as a butterfly's wing, and as menacing as a knife in the dark. This is recommended for all of you out there that are fans of Neil Gaiman, a fantastic author. And if you like Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno-Garcia, or Good Omens, the TV show, you may just love this book. Next up on our list is The Library of the Unwritten by A.J. Hackwith. Many years ago, Claire was named Head Librarian of the Unwritten Wing, a neutral space in hell where all the stories unfinished by their authors reside. Her job consists mainly of repairing and organizing books, but also of keeping an eye on restless stories that risk materializing as characters and escaping the library. When a hero escapes from his book and goes in search of his author, Claire must track and capture him with the help of former muse and current assistant Brevity, and nervous demon courier, Leto. But what should have been a simple retrieval goes horrifyingly wrong when the terrifyingly angelic Ramuel attacks them, convinced that they hold the Devil's Bible. The text of the Devil's Bible is a powerful weapon in the power struggle between heaven and hell, so it falls to the librarians to find a book with the power to reshape the boundaries between heaven, hell, and earth. I just had to grab one of these quotes. It's like the good place meets law and order, bibliophile crime unit. Highly recommended. This book is so much fun and you should be reading it. Trust me, stories about stories are some of my favorite kinds. This book definitely makes the list. I'm so glad I read this. And that was by Seanan McGuire, author of In an Absent Dream. So if you are a fan about metafiction or books about books or books about writing, this is the kind of book for you. And it goes into the process of creating and characters and stories in such a cool way. If you like books like Suggested Reading by Dave Connors or The Unlikely Escape of Uriah Heep by H.G. Perry, this might be the book for you. Wow, that definitely does sound like the book for me. Next on our list, Gods of Jade and Shadow by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. The Jazz Age is in full swing, but Cassiopeia Toon is too busy cleaning the floors of her wealthy grandfather's house to listen to any fast tunes. Nevertheless, she dreams of a life far from her dusty small town in southern Mexico, a life she can call her own. Yet this new life seems as distant as the stars until the day she finds a curious wooden box in her grandfather's room. She opens it and accidentally frees the spirit of the Mayan god of death, who requests her help in recovering his throne from his treacherous brother. Failure will mean Cassiopeia's demise, but success could mean her dreams come true. In the company of the strangely alluring god, armed with her wits, Cassiopeia begins an adventure that will take her on a cross-country odyssey from the jungles of Yucatan in the bright lights of Mexico City and deep into the darkness of the Mayan underworld. This is recommended for all you fans of dark fairy tales. If you liked The City of Brass by S.A. Chakraborty, or Black Sun by Rebecca Roanhorse, this may just be the book for you. 
The last book I have to recommend to you is The Bone Shard Daughter by Andrea Stewart. The Emperor's reign has lasted for decades, his mastery of bone shard magic powering the animal-like constructs that maintain law and order. But now his rule is failing, and revolution is sweeping across the Empire's many islands. Lynn is the Emperor's daughter and spends her days trapped in a palace of locked doors and dark secrets. When her father refuses to recognize her as an heir to the throne, she vows to prove her worth by mastering the forbidden art of bone shard magic. Yet such power carries a great cost, and when the revolution reaches the gates of the palace, Lynn must decide how far she's willing to go to claim her birthright and save her people. If you are a fan of ocean-based worlds with tons of islands and books with a lot of plot twists and unexpected turns, this might be the book for you. If you like books like A Deadly Education by Naomi Novik or Mistborn by Brandon Sanderson, this might just be the book you want to pick up next. Awesome. And the last book on our list today, The Library at Mount Char, one of our personal favorites here at the library by Scott Hawkins. A missing god, a library with the secrets to the universe, a woman too busy to notice her heart slipping away. Carolyn's not so different from the other people around her. She likes guacamole and cigarettes and steak. She knows how to use a phone. Clothes are a bit tricky, but everyone says nice things about her outfit with the Christmas sweater over the gold bicycle shorts. After all, she was a normal American herself once. That was a long time ago, of course, before her parents died, before she and the others were taken in by the man they called Father. And the years since then, Carolyn hasn't had a chance to get out much. Instead, she and her adopted siblings have been raised according to Father's ancient customs. They've studied the books in his library and learned some of the secrets of his power. And sometimes they've wondered if their cruel tutor might secretly be God. Now, Father is missing, perhaps even dead, and the library that holds his secrets stands unguarded, and with it, control over all of creation. As Carolyn gathers the tools she needs for the battle to come, fierce competitors for this prize align against her, all of them with powers that far exceed her own. Carolyn has accounted for this, and Carolyn has a plan. The only trouble is that in the war to make a new god, she's forgotten to protect the things that make her human. Populated by an unforgettable cast of characters and propelled by a plot that will shock you again and again, the library at Mount Char is at once horrifying and hilarious, mind-blowingly alien and heartbreakingly human, sweepingly visionary and nail-bitingly thrilling, and signals the arrival of a major new voice in fantasy. Now, this is recommended for all of you fans of dark humor out there, wrapped up in a nice sci-fi fantasy package. If you liked This Is How You Lose the Time War by Amal L. Motar and Max Gladstone, or The Rules and Regulations for Mediating Myths and Magic by F.T. Lucan, this may definitely be the book for you. Before you check out any of these books, we would highly recommend checking for content warnings, which can generally be found online, as many of these books deal with sensitive subject matters. And that is all of the books we have for this week. Stay tuned, because on July 21st, we will have our first book tasting for YA, where we'll be covering nonfiction. Coming out on Friday is our very first episode of the Novel Read Aloud, 
where we will be reading The Mysterious Affair at Styles by Agatha Christie. All of the books we mentioned in our podcast today are currently at the Camrose Public Library collection, so swing on by to pick those up and meet your new favorite read. We look forward to seeing you there. Have a good one, everyone.